0: Morning, I'm Chris Oaks and coming up today, once again from the Hancock County Fair, now well underway and every inch of the fairgrounds is buzzing with activity. But what about the other 51 weeks of the year? Also coming up this morning because Fido deserves a vacation too, more families are taking their dog along when they travel and the experts at Auto Trader have some helpful advice to make sure everyone stays safe on your next road trip adventure. And happening around town next weekend, cancer patient services is hosting their first ever flock walk so what's that all about this is the good mornings podcast edition for thursday september 1st 2022 so today is national chicken boys day (laughs) i have no idea what that means It just says National Chicken Boys Day. (laughs) Let people know that. I need to let people know that because if you go up to somebody today, Happy National Chicken Boys Day to you. What did you just call me? Uh, No rhyme or reason day. No rhyme or reason to the day today. American Chess Day. Ginger Cat Appreciation Day. It is Pink Cadillac Day and World Letter Writing Day. So, reasons to celebrate today. And, of course, it is the beginning of a new month. Hard to believe that we're into the first day of September already. It is day number one of Baby Safety Month, Better Breakfast Month, Classical Music Month, Intergeneration Month, International Update Your Resume Month, National Disease Literacy Month, National Square Dance Month, National Blueberry Popsicle Month. How is it that blueberry popsicles rank high enough to get their own month? I mean, it's one thing, Blueberry Popsicle Day, but Blueberry Popsicle Month. Really? Do we need a whole month for that? National Chicken Month. National Courtesy Month. National Honey Month. National Library Card Sign-Up Month. National Mushroom Month. National Potato Month. National Sewing Month. Save Your Photos Month. Self-Improvement Month. Whole Grains Month. And, on a serious note, uh, September is National Suicide Prevention Month as well. So observances beginning today for the month of September. So this was kind of interesting uh, news. You remember, uh, I guess it's been a couple of years now, when the government set up the, this uh, Congressional Naming Commission to examine the names of all of these uh, military bases that have history in the Confederacy. Because the prevailing belief now is that this is inappropriate to celebrate the Confederacy and everything that the Confederacy stood for, etc., etc. I don't need to rehash that whole controversy. You know the deal. So the Congressional Naming Commission says in its latest report that they have discovered there is actually a KKK plaque, a plaque honoring the KKK above the entrance to the science center at West Point. Now, I don't know how people miss this, but this is the latest. They say there is a, a plaque honoring the KKK. It is a bronze plaque at the United States Military Academy's Bartlett Hall that shows a person in a hood holding a rifle with the words Ku Klux Klan underneath. Now, what's interesting about this is Again, the Naming Commission is reviewing Defense Department assets, bases, and other things to identify and remove Confederate commemorations. But they say they don't have the authority to remove this KKK plaque, which which would seem... I mean, no matter how you feel about the Congressional Naming Commission and removing all of these Confederate names uh, from uh, military bases and... So on. No matter how you feel about that, I think we can all agree that there probably should not be a plaque honoring the KKK at West Point. <laughs> that seems rather inappropriate. But the Commission says that they don't have the authority to remove the plaque since it is not specifically a Confederate monument. <laughs> so so he gave them all this authority. And the most obvious thing that needs to be removed, they can't remove because they don't have the authority. (laughs) How ironic is that? I'm sure that they'll figure this out and they'll get it removed, but it is just kind of wildly ironic. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started uh, now. Are you willing to buy this year's styles next year? This is kind of interesting. Uh department stores, clothing chains, and so on, have had an issue, The like Kohl's, the Gap, and others, had an issue with being overstocked with summer inventory. They got all of this stuff in, and people stopped buying. Uh, people just not buying as much. So, because of inflation, lower demand, whatever, so they're stuck with all of this summer inventory. Now, autumn is coming, and it's hard to sell bathing suits, and things like that, shorts and T-shirts, in September and October. Now, normally, uh, the solution is they discount all of that, and they put it on sale, but the stores are not wild about that idea. Number one, they've got a lot of money tied up in this inventory, and they don't want to sell it at a loss, and also, they say discounts can cheapen the perceived value of their brand's products so instead what they're going to do is they're going to pack them all up and wait until next year and bring them out on the store shelves again which sounds like a great idea but styles change i think this may be a big risk uh it'll be interesting to see i just i saw that on the uh, business wire and i thought that is a really interesting because normally they just discount it they blow it all out at bargain basement prices, like Labor Day sales and so on, if you're thinking going shopping on these Labor Day sales, may not be able to find all of the inventory you usually do because they're going to stick it in a storeroom, box it all up, stick it in the storeroom, and bring it out next year, hoping that the styles don't change too much, I guess. Interesting. This is big news. The COVID-19 pandemic has led to a drop in life expectancy again. For the second year in a row, the numbers from the CDC put the average life expectancy lower this year than last year. It is now 76.1 years. That is down almost three years since before the COVID-19 pandemic. We have lost three years of our lives. COVID-19 deaths contributed to nearly three-fourths, or 74% of the decline from 2019 to 2020, and half of the decline from 2020 to 2021. Um, cancer and unintentional injuries like drug overdoses are also contributing factors to the lower life expectancy average. Uh, they say, obviously you want to continue to get your booster shots and help close, close that gap And so on and so forth. Kind of interesting. Second year in a row that the life expectancy in the U.S. is dropping. And it's almost three years lower. And those who don't die early still lost three years of our lives. Or two years of our lives, anyway, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, it seems like we've died early. Anyways. This is good news. First, it was gravy wrestling. And now this. People from around the world pasted each other with tomatoes yesterday as Spain's famous Tomatina street battle took place once again, following a two-year suspension because of the pandemic. Workers on trucks unloaded 130 tons of overripe tomatoes along the main street of the eastern town of Bunol for participants to throw at each other, leaving the area drenched in red pulp. Up to 20,000 people took part in the festival Paying twelve euros for the privilege, a piece. It's a big money maker. You remember yesterday we had the uh, story the gravy wrestling was back at that one pub in England, and now the uh, tomato throwing festival uh, in uh, in Spain uh, is back. So again, another sign. Thank goodness, life is getting back to normal. Finally, <laughs> I mentioned one, so I had to mention the other. So. Did you hear about this? A crazy story out of Ripley, Ohio. That's near Cincinnati, along the Ohio River. man by the name of Austin Bellamy, he's 20 years old, fighting for his life after being stung more than 20,000 times by bees. 20,000 bee stings. And my first, when I saw this story, my first question was, how in the world do you get stung 20,000 times? Well, apparently... He was trimming a tree in his grandmother's yard, helping grandma out around the house, when he accidentally cut open a beehive, releasing thousands of African killer bees. He was immediately swarmed and stung 20,000 times. He actually swallowed a bunch of bees during the incident. Uh, Firefighters... Responded and rescued Mr. Bellamy from the tree, airlifted him to the local hospital, where he was placed in a medically induced coma, finally woke up yesterday. Doctors expect him to make a full recovery. Wow. Wow. Uh, Just be careful uh, when you're doing your uh, yard work. Let that be a cautionary tale to you. It's crazy. And how about this? Uh, Among the first things you need to know this morning... You can chew on this as you're getting up, getting ready to head to work or wherever it is that you're off to this morning. The CEO of the Bombay Shaving Company, this company out of India, is getting some backlash after he offered some advice on social media this week to young people. CEO of this company. He says young people should work 18 hours a day for at least four to five years. Advising young workers, throw yourself into your job and worship your work. That was actually his advice. He said that work life balance is important, but not that early. <laughs> so think about that. I guess you earn work life balance when you're when you're young uh, you should spend at least four or five years working eighteen hour days. Forget about that work life balance thing. The backlash was almost immediate and accused uh, people accusing him of promoting a toxic work culture. One person says, are you out of your mind? Seriously, are you out of your mind? Uh, the CEO acknowledged the criticism in an update to his original post, saying he wasn't being literal about 18-hour days, just saying you need to give your all and then some, especially when you are just starting out in your career. So... All right, well, <laughs> if you say so. 18 hours a day. My goodness. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started.
1: WFIN check. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected again today with a high of 86. Just a few clouds tonight, low of 62 Longtime Blanchard Valley Hospital President and CEO Bill Roos has died. Scott Mullaney followed Roos as CEO of BVHS.
2: When Bill was in on something, he was all in. And the community is much, much better off because of it. Whatever we were able to achieve over the last 20 plus years, the table was set by Bill Roos. He made possible what exists today. So a remarkable man, a most gracious man, and one that will be missed.
1: The emergency room of Blanchard Valley Hospital is named the William E. Roos Center. Bill Roos was 88 years old. The Goodyear blimp could be seen in the skies of Finley on Wednesday afternoon. On their social media, the blimp said Finley is family now, and they were saying hello to their legacy Cooper Tire Associates and the Finley and Hancock County communities. Ahead of the opening night of the Hancock County Fair, last year, Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company completed its purchase of Cooper Tire and Rubber Company in Finley. And you can see some video of the blimp in the skies of Finley on the website. The state and federal governments are reminding everybody that preparation is critical in the face of severe weather and other disasters.
2: September is National Preparedness Month. The Federal Emergency Management Agency urging all Americans to get ready. The theme is a lasting legacy. It's to remind people that being prepared can save your family. FEMA says we should all have a disaster plan at home. Check your insurance coverage now and remember to help your neighbors.
1: ONN's Andrew Kinsey reporting. Get more disaster preparation tips on the website. Hancock County Junior Fair Royalty has been announced.
2: 2022.
3: Fair
1: queen that was the sound of the Queen being announced and of course the announcement also included the king and the Prince and Princess and the Duke and Duchess you can see video on the website the Hancock County Fair is underway now in Finley and runs through Monday which is Labor Day remember you can always get more news online anytime at wfin.com mm-hmm.
0: Jeff's on his way over to see us here at the uh, Hancock County Fair. We are day number two of the fair after a spectacular day yesterday. Uh, Already things are very, very busy early this morning here for day number two. As we mentioned, uh, a lot of things going on already. The uh, first of the shows are underway. Uh, Even more going through the entire day today. Including, well, we've got another horse show uh, just getting underway here. Uh, We've got uh, dairy feeders. We've got the uh, boar goat show. We've got the dairy, what, another dairy feeder show. Sheep, lamb. Uh, Let's see here. What else is going on? Open class uh, antique show uh, coming up this morning. The uh, theme basket judging this afternoon in the open class. Harness racing tonight is 6 o'clock, 7.30, the uh, calf scramble, the North Graham stand. So all kinds of things are going on through the course of the day uh, here uh, once again today at the uh, Hancock County Fair. And it is a great day to be here because today is uh, Thursday, and we were talking about this yesterday. You're in by three. It is free. And uh, also it is buy one, get one. Wristbands on the midway. So for families, this is the day. Hancock County Egg uh, Society President Jeff Cole is with us. What did you What did you get?
4: Well, good morning, Chris. What do you, What do you have there?
0: Well, so this is for you. Oh, this is for me. Yeah, because I thought maybe that was. I mean, I thought that was yours. I thought that was your breakfast.
4: No, 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 no. Well, I might have had a piece for breakfast. <laughs> you but, might have had a piece for but, breakfast. But <laughs> I don't know if you'll remember or not. But I shot my mouth off. Yesterday on the radio, telling everybody they better bring the money to the bake sale because I was going to buy the first place blackberry yeah. pie. Mm-hmm. So I bought the first place and second place wow. blackberry pie, and I'm not going to tell spender. you which is which, and we'll see if you get it right okay. when you and Kyra uh, sample those later or something, <laughs> okay. okay? We will do that. We will do that.
0: Um, as we mentioned, Every single inch of the fairgrounds is just buzzing with activity yeah, uh, yeah. over the course of the six days of the fair, yeah. as you well know. Yeah, yeah. But folks may remember uh, a couple of months ago, I guess we were talking about a, a project that you were undertaking to see how you could better utilize the fairgrounds the other 51 weeks of the year. And you held, a, a, you know, some uh, meetings, some gatherings, some discussions uh surveyed the general public, uh other members of the Ag Society as well. Talk a little bit about what you learned through all of that. All right. Well and, and
4: just, just to also just to uh set the stage for you you recapped it really well, but uh the pandemic really shook things up here. Uh mm-hmm. the shutdowns from the pandemic uh you know shook things up here and our revenue went to zero for a while and right and uh once we started coming out of recovery and into stabilized uh operations here again um, we looked back and said, boy, we got to learn a lesson from the fact that, you know, we weren't prepared to not be able to have a fair and the financial uh, uh, strife that we were in from all the other events that were canceled here and so forth. Um, I mean, we didn't have the fair because financially it didn't make sense. Um, that was the primary reason why we didn't have the fair in 2020, um, because as we looked at the, the rainy day fund that we didn't have at that time and, you um, the reduced revenue that we would have expected from the fair we 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 couldn't afford to put on the fair yeah um i mean it was a, it was also important to know that school started right at the fair time too and we, you know that so that was kind of the clincher i think that mm-hmm. had led us to that decision but anyway uh we've recovered nicely uh we we've, we've paid back our rainy day fund and we're in good shape uh financially now as a result of the things that we did um, but it made us look to say, okay, what do we need to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? So you're right. We right. had um, uh, we we en- embarked on a strategic planning um, project. We uh, reached out to the community in a couple of different ways. We had focus group meetings with community members. Uh, we did the survey where we had uh, 600, over 600 people respond. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot when there's 75,000 really, people yeah, that actually is in really Hancock County. But it is. It's a, a, very, of, it's a, it's a, a very interesting s- opinion. Statistically, out of that, I'm speaking, sure, yeah, statistically yeah. speaking, it's a very valid um, uh, survey. So so we've taken all that, that information, and then the board has had a couple of sessions, and we've at least framed out an initial, what we think is a direction, uh, and that was about June, so then that's been on the back burner now as we got through the summer thing. So we're gonna pick that up and get to working with it. But, but you asked, what did we hear from the community? So, uh, so it's, it's all good news, frankly. The, the community, uh, the general, uh, theme of what we heard from the community is they like what we're doing, they're confident in what we're doing, um, they like, they want to see more of what we're doing. Um, so, uh, what we really heard from the community was, we want to see concerts. We want food truck rallies. We want gun shows. We want car shows. We want rodeo. Um, um We we suggest you look at uh, improving your restrooms. Um, and uh, so those are some of the highlights that I mm-hmm. you know are are thinking of. But um, and and so we're taking that on to see what we can do with that.
0: Now some now some of that, obviously, you take very very much to heart. And especially when it comes to fairgrounds improvements right. and facilities improvements, yeah. clearly there's been a lot of that done in recent years yep. and, and more to come, more I'm to come. sure. Yep. Um, but in terms of ideas for utilizing this asset, you've got this uh, big uh, plot of land yeah. that, uh, again, is used six days out of the year intensively. Right. Right. And then sporadically some of the rest uh, of the year, it's re- I, I would imagine it's kind of fun to have everybody just kind of brainstorm and throw everything out there about what could we do to utilize this resource that we have
4: absolutely so obviously we have a couple of very traditional uh events that happen that are put on by other organizations that use the fairgrounds those being um the spring and fall craft show sure Uh, everybody knows about those and the uh We all call it the Steam Show, but it's the Antique uh, Machinery Association's show there in August. Been here for 50 years. Right. Uh, Very big staple here, you know, and we appreciate all those. And we've got
3: the military show. The military show.
4: The last couple of years, we've had a flea market in here uh, Mm -hmm. once a month. Um, and so, you know, those things are great. And then there are others, too. There's a ham radio show and things like that. There's, so there's a lot of uh, of those that come in and use the facility in that fashion. But um, our, our direction is we're going to step up the game to where we're going to have more signature events, not just the fair and not just fireworks. But, you know, are we going to do something in the, uh, in the spring? Are we going to have a haunted fairgrounds? Are we going to do Christmas lights at the fairgrounds? Are we going to have a three-day event where for families to come and camp in our campground, and we'll have, you know, lawnmower races and a concert, and you know, just a just a time, yeah. t- you know, in the in May or June or something. So, so those are things that we're looking at, as well as partnering with other organizations that do want to do a car show mm-hmm. or things like that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Now, we talk about these things, and you know, they may be coming somewhere in the future. Is there sort of a timeline? I mean, obviously, some of this stuff that we're talking about, some of it is, you know, some of it may happen, some of it may not happen, but none of it's going to happen, you know, in the next year. This is a long term type of strategy, well, thing,
4: right? Well, so, so, yeah, I mean, it, sometimes it takes a, uh, a year or two to plan that yeah. next event. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially
0: if it's something new that you haven't if, done before. If it's something new yeah. we
4: haven't done yet, um, you know, um, there's a, there's a thing coming up in about two years where the sun's going to take a rest in the middle of the day, and so we're looking at that. What can we do with the eclipse? <laughs> um, you know, so so you know maybe there'll be uh, 500 couples that want to get married in the dark in the middle of the afternoon. We're you know we're exploring all these things. We've been talking uh, a, a couple of times with uh heather down at um, uh marathon performing arts center about um having a bluegrass festival or a jazz mm-hmm. festival down here yeah. and work together where we use our venue and their venue and so so we're really we're, we're we're really investing in that um we've got a new staff uh in the in the office that are that's their specialty is uh is planning new events and so forth so uh they're bringing a lot of great ideas uh, and we want them to be able to uh, help us figure that out as well. And uh, and we got it's just a new energy in the board about uh, what are we doing the other 51 weeks of the year.
0: Uh, a lot of out-of-the-box thinking, yeah. it sounds yeah. like. And yeah. uh, so it will be exciting to see what comes out of that. Again, uh, Jeff Cole is uh, the uh, president of the Hancock County Ag Society, the Hancock County Fair. Great first day of the fair yesterday.
4: Great first day. And today, uh, I hope we're ready because uh, i know as i was walking up i was almost late folks i was almost late um all right. you're a busy guy chris chris <laughs> covered for me there for a little bit i heard <laughs> you talking about today's in for free by three and uh the response to that has been well as you might imagine for sure. a free offering it's been uh, yeah. outstanding so uh we're we're going to be uh, really full today i think so uh, come on out it's going to be great a lot of
0: energy here tonight jeff thanks very much for you dropping bet. by as always we appreciate it thanks chris get underway bright and early. Day number two of the Hancock County Fair. We've got the open class lamb carcass show uh, to start things off at 7:30. More uh, horses at 8 o'clock. Uh, the uh, Junior Fair Crossbreed Dairy Feeders at 8:30. Uh, let's see here. Open class antiques uh, judging at 9. The Junior Fair Dairy Feeder Show at 10. The Sheep Breeding Show and showmanship and the junior fair market lamb show at 11 in the open class the theme basket judging at one o'clock uh, and then of course the big entertainment this evening harness racing at six o'clock in the south grandstand and the traditional calf scramble in the north grandstand at 7:30. so much of what happens here at the fair centers around the youth the junior fair but there's stuff for grown-ups, too. Jennifer Little is here from the Hancock County OSU Extension, and you've got things going on for the entire family through the entire week under the Family and Consumer Sciences banner.
5: Yes, um, I am spending a lot of my time in the Grange building. Um, last, We have our um, OSU Extension booth set up there, right across from the Master Gardeners. Of course, anyone can stop in with gardening questions. We've got a lot of... Um, that going on, their booth has been very, very busy. Um, and we've got a dis- nice display in our area about food preservation, which, again, we've talked about has already been a pretty hot topic this season. Um, but, yeah, over in the Youth Pavilion, brand-new beautiful building that we opened last year, um, we've got um, Family Fun with FCS, Family and Consumer Sciences. Every Every day at 11 in the morning, families can come by. We've got interactive activities to do with kids. Um, today, we're going to actually feature attitude of gratitude and share with families about how um, having an attitude of gratefulness and is not only good for those people that we're expressing our thanks to, but also good for our own health. And we're going to have some kids do some fun activities related to that. Um, This afternoon, um, I'm going to be helping Lauren. She is going to be doing, um, she's exploring the four H's, heart, head, hands, and health. And today, we are going to be talking about um, the heart, and kids are going to talk about loyalty and commitment, and we're going to be doing some fun things with the kids over there in the youth pavilion. Um, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So No, I was going to say, so it sounds like kind of a recurring overarching theme uh, with respect to all of the components there.
5: Yes, yes. Um, we, again, like I said, we're exploring, for me and the, the family fund with FCS, we're going to talk about different areas related to family and consumer sciences and in extension you know we classify what we do as FCS educators we target um, healthy families healthy relationships um, healthy finances and healthy people so health and wellness kind of related topics related to food and nutrition and just things that we can do to keep ourselves well so yeah trying to touch on some of those topics during the fair introduce kids and families to those those different aspects of what we do.
0: And uh, you mentioned that uh, a lot of the OSU Extension activities happening in the Grange Building and in the Youth Building, obviously.
5: Yes, yes. So we are in a great location um, because we're right inside the the main thoroughfare near a lot of great food, too, and the health department. So uh, we feel like, okay, we're in pretty good shape. The food and the health department are located in the same parts of of the fairground, So that's always a good thing.
0: And uh, speaking of food, you actually got to uh, judge. We were talking about uh, judgings and and things like that. You got to judge the uh, baked goods uh, yesterday.
5: Yes, taking off the fair, got to sample some of the wonderful, wonderful baked goods that um, area residents have um, brought to the fair for the open class judging. So um, I was um, one of three or four judges, and I got to judge um, breads, pies, and specialty items related to like healthy, um, they had baked goods that were either low in um, sugar, low in fat, or um, gluten-free. And that actually was a really good, really well-represented area this year. So I was going to say for people that have to watch any of those things, we have some bakers here that can fix them up really, really well. And of course, I also judged the pies, which was an amazing, was an amazing. Um, uh, also, class to judge because um, even pies that I wasn't sure that I would really like, again, spot on. These these bakers in Hancock County really know what they're doing. So I don't know how many times during the course of the morning, as I was tasting things and commenting about the foods that I was tasting, did I have people walk by and say, "Hey, how do you get this job?" <laughs> yeah, I
0: was going to say that's a good gig if you can do If you can get it, uh, you get to come to the fair and, and eat for free. Uh, you are doing a lot of things. It's a busy time for you, not just here at the fair. Again, we're talking about the the various things that you're doing uh, for folks here at the fair that folks can participate in, but it's getting to be very busy with the kids heading back to school and so on. You've got a lot of different programs that you're starting to launch.
5: Uh, Yes. Um, We will be back into schools this fall doing our Real Money, Real World financial literacy program, and that's been a big push all over the state of Ohio. And We're also going to be um in with schools doing some things related to um, breads of harvest which is kind of a nutrition local history lesson that we do in the elementary schools um, and then I'm also getting back to some of my adult programming we are planning um, a diabetes um, dining with diabetes kickoff program this fall. Um, in November. And then we also are returning with the, our library program. And I've got some things related to the harvest. We've got some um, projects going on, con- continuing with um, the farmer's market every Thursday. We're trying to increase some of the availability of that fresh produce to some of our low-income families and work on a project with them. Um, and then um, I've got uh, one of our local churches, Howard United Methodist Church, they have um, a community garden. And so we're doing a celebration, harvest celebration with them. We're going to use some of the fruits and vegetables from their garden, do some roasted vegetables and some salsa with the kids and families there. So I'm really excited about that. Those are things next week after the fair. So not a whole lot of time to recover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No rest for the weary, as they say. Um the reason I bring all of that up, uh, obviously, because OSU Extension is not just here at the fair. it's You're very visible here. Um, but if folks have questions or want more information about any of those programs, any of those things that you do outside of the week here at the fair, uh, you're more than happy to talk about those
5: things. Oh, yes. Um, we have, in fact, um, if anyone happens to be here at the fair, we've got a great display of all of the activity, a lot of the activities that we do. We've got our... A brand new brochure with our new staff all pictured and with contact information and a little bit about what we do our business cards we've got some programming related. we've got some resources related to agriculture youth development and of course the stuff that we're doing with fcs so please stop by and see us in the grange building and give our office a call or check out our website we're trying i'm Trying to make a goal this week to post more a little bit more to our Facebook page, so check that out. I might even get a selfie with you before I leave so we can <laughs> post that I actually was here early in the morning. And,
0: and as if you are not busy enough already, I know you've been running around helping uh, Lauren uh, keep all of the uh, 4-H kids in line. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it, it's obviously a lot of work going on with the uh, 4-H program, so it's all, all hands on deck with respect to that.
5: It certainly is, and it's amazing to see the things that our youth do. I, um hanging out in the youth pavilion, walking around and seeing all the projects that the kids do, it, it, they've done a great job representing that. They've done, the theme this year of course is moving and grooving at the Hangout County Fair, and some of the crazy ways that they have put that theme in their booths is a lot of fun. We've even got some, they start them really early, we've got clover bud displays over there with kids that have grown sunflowers and pumpkins, and it's just it's just great to um, celebrate the the wonderful youth that we have here in Hancock County.
0: So, to kind of circle back where we started, uh, make sure that you stop by when you're here at the fair. Take some time, uh, to stop by the Grange building, the youth building. Check out not only all of the 4-H and youth stuff, but also all of the open class stuff and, and all of the stuff for families, uh, that are here, uh, that's here at the fair as well. Again, Jennifer Little, the Hancock County OSU Extension Office. Thanks very much for dropping by. Uh, don't, don't, uh, keep yourself too busy. Make yourself, make sure you play, make, uh, uh, set aside time to get some of those elephant ears and everything.
5: Oh, yes. <laughs> That's definitely on my list. <laughs> I didn't eat a whole lot yesterday, though. The baked goods oh, yeah. kept me pretty full.
0: <laughs> of course, it is not just the Hancock County Fair's Labor Day weekend, and that means it is one of the big final travel weekends of the summer. And you know, I'm combining the two here for a moment, for most of us, one of the things we look forward to at the fair is seeing all of the animals, and speaking of animals, Friday was National Dog Day, <laughs> so I'm combining all of these things here, with all of that in mind, Labor Day weekend coming up, traditionally the last big travel weekend of the summer, it is worth noting that more and more people these days are taking their pets along with them when they travel. We recently spoke with Auto Trader executive editor Brian Moody about the best ways to travel with your dog and their latest list of the most pet friendly vehicles on the market. Brian, you have some tips for making sure that our pets are traveling safely in the car and that we are trapped safely with them in the car.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, it can range anything from the kind of car that you pick um, to what you bring with you in the car, but also just being aware that there are safety devices and accessories that you can outfit your car with to make your pet safer, uh, not only on trips but just on your everyday errands. Uh, a good example of that would be that you should always secure your dog inside the car somehow. You wouldn't let your kids ride around without a seatbelt. Your dog is no different, but you have to use this uh, special harness. It clips into the car seatbelt system, and that keeps the dog from flying around if there was an accident.
0: Yeah, uh, you absolutely do not want to just connect your leash to the uh, to the uh, seatbelt uh, system or something like that, and you know, the neck collar. That is a very bad idea. But there are special harnesses that you can get to uh, protect your pets.
2: Yeah, that's right. And if you if you are in the market for a newer used car, you can find those at your local dealer. The manufacturer will sell them on the website, but you can also find them in places like your local pet shop or Petco or probably even the grocery store and Target, those type of things. Mm-hmm. So they're available. Just make sure that you do that. You can also get crates or kennels that go in the back of the car. Uh, just like the seatbelt, you can't just get any old kennel and then throw it in the back. It should be attached to the car in some way. Different automakers do that in a variety of different ways, some better than others. But it's worth looking into either way.
0: And some pets do uh, travel much better in a crate than out in the open uh, in the car as well. So, something to keep in mind. Auto Trader uh, actually has compiled a list of the best cars for dog lovers 2022. Which models made that list? Well, we
2: have a list of 10, and here's some of the highlights. We think the Kia Soul does a great job. It's got a low entry floor, it's a fun little SUV and you can get lots of aftermarket pieces for that. Uh, we also like the Subaru Outback. Subaru does an amazing job of offering pet-friendly accessories, everything from collapsible travel, water bowls, to harnesses, to chew toys. To I mean, you name it, Subaru has it. Barriers that go inside uh, the car to keep the pet from, you know, leaving a certain area, the harnesses, all that. So the Subaru Outback. We also like the Volvo XC60, same thing. They have great kennel solutions for the back of the car. Uh, we also like the Chrysler Pacifica. It's a minivan, and minivans work well because they have those big doors that open on the sides, and it's easy in and easy out even for small dogs because they don't sit too high off the ground.
0: So I was going to ask, what are some of the features that we can look for that will make car rides safer and more comfortable for our pets? Are there certain things that stand out? Yeah, if you
2: look at the list, the majority of those cars are cars that have like a wagon-like configuration. Mm-hmm. So think station wagon, small SUV, minivan, those types of vehicles that don't have a trunk, for example. So if you have a very small dog, yeah, of course, you could, you could use a sedan. Um, that will work. But a minivan or an SUV where there's air conditioning vents in the second or third row, mm. it's easier to secure a crate. There's one particular feature that I think is really great, and that's for Tesla vehicles. All Teslas have the uh, you know, beyond, back to a certain year, you can leave your dog in the car, you can lock the car, and the air conditioner or heater can be running. And while that's happening, a screen comes up. You select dog mode. A screen comes up that says, my owner knows I'm in here, and the temperature is set to 68 degrees. Mm. That kind of thinking is one of the ways that technology can actually make your life a little bit better not more complicated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is that is fabulous. Uh, now, we mentioned uh, National Dog Day last week, and the reason behind that, I know a lot of folks are celebrating their own dogs, but the real reason behind National Dog Day is to promote pet adoption and helping dogs find their forever homes. How are you observing that occasion?
2: Well, I have a dog myself. He's a rescue dog, and his name is DJ. And to help dogs find homes, uh, we actually have a special website for that, which is called DogTrader.com. You can go there and see all these safety features, safety tips that we're talking about, mm-hmm. plus the list of the whole 10 cars that are best for dog owners, and you can find a dog in your zip code that you can adopt and take home for yourself.
0: That is awesome. We will link that up on our webpage. Folks can check that out. Uh, Again, Brian Moody is Auto Trader Executive Editor with us this morning. Mention again the uh, website where folks can get all of that info.
2: You can go to autotrader.com or you can go to dogtrader.com to find pets to adopt and also safety tips.
0: We'll get it linked up at our webpage. Brian, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah,
2: thanks for having me.
0: Go to goodmornings.net to learn more. We mentioned more families taking their dog along with uh, with them when they travel. And the experts at Auto Trader have some helpful advice uh, to make sure that everyone stays safe on your next adventure. By the way, speaking of uh, Labor Day travel, uh, Airbnb, did you hear this? I think we mentioned it the other day. Airbnb says Columbus, Ohio is the top trending destination for Labor Day weekend. But I don't think that has anything to do with uh, vacationing. I think it has everything to do with the big OSU-Notre Dame game on Saturday. (laughs) And in case you were wondering just how big that is, uh, Columbus, Ohio, the top trending destination for Labor Day weekend anywhere in the country. Man, is that going to be a huge game. By the way, um, Airbnb looked at reservations made by U.S. travelers from January 1st to June 30th for... September 2nd through the 5th, check-ins. So, and Columbus is number one. Uh, let's see here. Other cities in the top five, by the way, where people are traveling for Labor Day weekend. Raleigh, North Carolina, Tampa, uh, North Kingstown, Rhode Island, and Jacksonville. So, kind of interesting. And if you are still looking for a place to get away, you know, autumn is a great time to travel as well. USA Today has named the best historic hotel in the country. And what would you guess? Pennsylvania's Hotel Bethlehem. It's the second straight year that hotel has been named. Manager Bruce Haynes said in a statement that the hotel could not ask for a better way to celebrate its 100th anniversary. 100-year-old Hotel Bethlehem in Pennsylvania, number one historic hotel in the country beat out 12 other famous hotels, including the Peabody in Memphis and the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island, which is an absolutely fabulous place to stay. So anyway, just thought that was kind of interesting, some of the uh, things. Thinking about traveling this uh, Labor Day weekend, maybe coming out to the fair over the next couple of days and then taking off for the uh, long holiday weekend, whatever it might happen to be. We interrupt this
4: program to bring you
0: a broken news alert. Today's update of the odd and unusual side of the news is brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Uh, Fire trucks responded to a strange smell on board an aircraft at Charlotte Douglas International Airport yesterday morning. This was, for a few moments, a very anxious time at the airport, a strange smell aboard an aircraft. After a normal landing and the offboarding of passengers, a crew member noticed a pungent aroma. Five fire trucks arrived to investigate. Firefighters arrived, checked out the cargo hold, and discovered one of the containers inside the cargo area contained a bottle of nail polish that had broken. No one was injured, and the airplane is back in service, according to an American Airlines spokesperson. (laughs) Some anxious moments turns out to be a broken bottle of nail polish. All right, then. Speaking of nonsense aboard airplanes, a Southwest flight that was nearly canceled. uh, A Southwest, let's try that again, a Southwest. Southwest flight was nearly cancelled after someone on the plane started sending naked photos to other passengers. Video shows the pilot threatening to return to the gate and deboard everyone and even get security involved if the pictures did not stop being circulated. Apparently a passenger on the recent flight from Houston to Cabo San Lucas was using Apple's AirDrop feature to connect with other people's iPhones on the plane to share the image files. Southwest released a statement saying the safety of passengers and employees is their priority, and they have addressed the issue. Uh, I don't know. I would not want to be sharing a plane with someone who would do that. You know what I mean? All the way to Mexico. And once we get there, can we just leave them and not bring them back in this... Elsewhere in the broken news, the odd and unusual. So I know that outdoor weddings, especially in exotic, picturesque locations, are all the rage these days. But sometimes, you get more than you bargain for. A wedding at Glacier National Park was interrupted when a battle were, was interrupted when a battle broke out between a bear and a moose. <laughs> Couple was right in the middle of their wedding ceremony, uh, standing by Two Medicine Lake at Glacier National Park when a bear charged charged out of the brush midway through the groom's vows and attacked a moose. (laughs) The moment caught on video, the bear, bear roaring and the moose screaming. Fortunately for the wedding party, the incident happened on the other side of the lake. But despite the distance between them, guests began wondering if they were safe, while others worried that there was no cell service in the area. So even if something were to happen, it would be hard to get a hold of someone to summon help. The person filming the wedding kept the camera trained on the nature scene, thus turning the wedding into an episode of Wild America. (laughs) Well, you've got a story to tell about your wedding there. Yes, guess that's the risk you take. <laughs> you have one of those outdoor adventure weddings. <laughs> no one will ever forget your wedding, that's for sure. Uh, let's see, a couple of other items in the broken news this morning. Speaking of the wonders of nature, this is kind of crazy. A tourist in Turkey uh, was attacked, not by a shark but by a sea turtle. She was splashing around in the uh, waters of the popular Guziolaba Resort in Turkey. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, And suddenly, she said she was in the water, and she suddenly felt something grab her hindquarters and begin dragging her beneath the waves. The 64-year-old woman had no idea what had grabbed her at first, so she began thrashing around, Whatever it was, let her go, but then grabbed her again, even harder. The woman was eventually rescued by a lifeguard, but it turns out she had been attacked by a loggerhead sea turtle, uh, which tend to prey on crabs and smaller things, so no one knows exactly why it decided to go go after a full-grown woman. Some experts suggest that the turtle was being territorial, and maybe the woman was swimming too close to its den or its living space so in addition to watching out for sharks jellyfish crabs and other things that can grab onto you now you have to be wary of sea turtles the... and <laughs> see this is why when i go to the ocean i i don't i don't swim in the ocean i mean i love going to the beach and i'll stay safely on the shore my toes in the sand and look out and how beautiful the ocean is but I'm not going to venture out into the ocean very far, you know what I mean? No, thank you. There's too much much in there that can eat you, you know? And finally, in the broken news this morning, this is big news from the world of entertainment. It's not very often that we have a uh, legitimate entertainment news story in the broken news, but this I think is worthy. The first trailer is out for a Winnie the Pooh-inspired horror film. A Winnie the Pooh-inspired horror film. It is entitled, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. (laughs) (laughs) The storyline, apparently it follows Pooh and Piglet as they go on a murderous rampage after Christopher Robin leaves them to go to college. (laughs) The two characters... Uh, turn feral without any human influence and hunt down humans near their home of the Hundred Acre Wood. <laughs> the movie was, the movie was shot over ten days, near Ashdown Forest in England. Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey, is set to release later this year. <laughs> I gotta check this out. <laughs> There you go. That is today's Broken News Report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced just halting all social media advertising.
2: The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by
0: WFIN. Time now for your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You know, there is this perception that young people today don't really care about the news. They don't really follow it, and to the extent that they do follow the news, it's just whatever pops up on their social media feed. Well, a new survey from the Media Insight Project finds that young people are indeed following the news these days, but less than one-third say they enjoy doing so. (laughs) This is a survey of those between the ages of 16 and 40... 79% 79% say that they do get news daily. Now 71% do get it from social media, they admit. However, a pretty good number of that age group also get news daily from traditional sources. 45% say they get TV or they get uh, news from TV, radio, newspapers and news websites. Just 32% of them, though, enjoy following the news. That is a big decline. Seven years ago, 53% of millennials, the older part of this age group, said that they enjoyed it. 53% were kind of news junkies, as we say. Additionally, fewer young people now say they enjoy talking with family and friends about the news. And just don't like those conversations. An overwhelming 90% said misinformation about issues and events is a problem. 60% saying it is a major problem today. When asked who they consider most responsible for misinformation, they equally cite social media companies, social media users, politicians, and the media. And again, as far as this age group is concerned, they're all guilty. Once again, we are back. Day number two, the Hancock County Fair. Spectacular weather for opening day yesterday. And today looks equally nice. Going to be a great crowd today at the fair, I'm sure. Again, as we mentioned earlier, the big entertainment highlights today at the fair. Harness racing, another day of harness racing. uh, Getting underway at 6 p.m. at the South Grandstand. And the calf scramble, which is always a lot of fun. That will be at the North Grandstand here Uh, at 7.30 this evening. So those are the uh, big highlights, day number two of the Hancock County Fair. want to jump ahead a little bit beyond the fair. Next weekend, the folks at Cancer Patient Services are hosting a new event. It is their very first ever Flock Walk. And earlier this week, Carol Metzger and Mackenzie Wagner from Cancer Patient Services dropped by the studio to tell us more about it. What on earth is a flock walk? <laughs> well,
6: you know how we've kind of adopted flamingos as our unofficial right, mascot? Right, flamingos. We, yeah, we so were talking about
0: that not too long yeah, ago, folks may We love
6: them, we're so too. we're yeah. continuing with it. So we're having a, a walk, and our theme is, is flamingos. So, um, yeah, all the proceeds to... <laughs> a so, so walk to support the agents. Okay. Uh, tell
0: us all about this. this. is coming up next weekend, right?
3: Yes. We have our Flock Walk uh, Saturday, September 10th at the University of Finley-Kaler Center. Registration is open. You can uh, sign up online through our website, um, as well as there will be day of registration. You know, if it's a last-minute decision, you want to be a part of the Flock, you can come the day of as well. <laughs> um, we have our presenting sponsors as Blanchard Valley Health Systems and Hancock Federal Credit Union this year. Um, the day is going to be filled with lots of fun things. We have a survivor breakfast in the morning, and that is um, free to the first 75 survivors. So go ahead and sign up for that, and that starts at 9 o'clock, and uh, guests are $15 as well for that. And then the event is going to be walking outside, hopefully weather permitting, Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll have some inflatables. It's a family-friendly event. We'll have some raffle baskets, as well as some yard games, stuff like that, and as well, we are bringing back our Visa Card raffle that you'll remember from the Chili Cook-Off, so raffle tickets are $10, and you could win $1,500 Visa Card, a $750 Visa Card, or a $250 Visa Card. So Not too shabby. Yeah, the day is going to be super fun. We're really excited. It's our first ever Flock Walk, so...
0: A full day of fun, so yeah. uh, a lot of uh, something f- just about for uh, everyone, and uh, obviously benefits cancer patient services and the things that you do for uh all cancer patients. And again, something we've talked about in the past, what makes uh, what sets cancer patient services, what sets CPS apart, uh, is that you kind of fill in the gaps and and you know, fill in the cracks uh, Right, a lot from, of the, the, other from the medical yeah. system. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of
6: what we do we call them kind of wraparound services. So we offer um financial assistance. Uh, it can help with things like, um, prescription, uh, co-pays, their, um, co-pays for their insurance. Um, here recently we've, uh, had a lot of requests for mileage reimbursement with the gas prices sure. going up and uh, yeah. making additional trips. Uh, we also have medical supplies and equipment. Uh, we have a p- full-time patient navigator that she can help individuals sign up for, like, Social Security or disability or if somehow they've gotten a, uh, medical bill that's in error or they need to dispute something, she mm-hmm. can help them with that. Um, we have healing arts, so um, things like Reiki, massage, art classes, meditation. Um, and then we also have uh, counseling services. And um, recently we were just able to add a telehealth option. Um, we uh, got some funding for that through the Community Foundation.
0: So. So, so many things that you do that would otherwise be directly on the plate of a family that is dealing right. with so much already mm-hmm. that you can see just... How much of a burden this lifts? Yes.
6: And you know, we tell our clients that you know, if there's something you have questions about, and it, maybe we don't do that, we can connect you with something. So you yeah. know, we know there is a lot of stress and and fear when you you know get a cancer diagnosis, and you know, there's uh, studies that show if people can you know reduce their amount of stress. You know, they do better in their treatments. They survive longer. So, you know, that's really what we're trying to do. Just make that, you know, cancer journey a little easier for them. And
0: it's interesting. You mentioned, uh, you know, gas reimbursements, uh, to get people to and from treatment is one of the uh, things that you do. And obviously we know how expensive Mm -hmm. that has been. Just sort of underscores the need for funding through things like the flock walk. Yeah.
6: I mean, if you're doing radiation, you could be doing, you know, five days a week, six weeks. So those are a lot of trips that you would not have
0: normally. Made, so. Right. So, uh, again, how do uh, people sign up and what do people need to know with the uh, Flock Walk coming up
3: here? Yeah, so you can go to our website, cancerpatientservices.org, and there's a big Flock Walk banner right at the top of it. <laughs> uh, you can click register now, and it'll take you to our page with all the information. Uh, registration begins at 9:30 that morning on September 10th. Um, and the walk will start at 1030. We will have a survivor lap to kick off our walk. They'll start inside a killer, and then we'll be walking around campus. So we should be done by noon, and there's going to be some prizes involved as well, top fundraisers, top fundraising teams. And, you know, we do have a Funky Flamingo Award this year. So <laughs> the <being> Funky <laughs> Flamingo The Funky award. Flamingo, absolutely. Okay. So we're still <laughs> looking for volunteers as well if anyone's interested in that. Um, so you can find that on our Facebook page, Cancer Patient Services at
0: Hancock County. Brand new event uh, yes. for uh, Cancer Patient Services. Really excited, as we said. It's going to be a, an awful lot of fun for the entire family. And if folks uh, want some more information about what you do, as we said uh you know, cancer patient, uh, cancer touches so many people uh, in the community. So if there's someone who uh, has a question or needs some help, not sure where to turn, CPS right. is a good place to start. Absolutely.
6: Yeah, they can go to their uh, our website, like Mackenzie
0: said, or give us a call at the office, 419 423 Our conversation earlier this week with Carol Metzger and Mackenzie Wagner from Cancer Patient Services, their first ever block walk. Coming up next weekend, and we've got more information linked up at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And once again, remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net Coming up tomorrow, we we'll get a look ahead to the second half of the Hancock County Fair with details on everything that's coming up this weekend and the big livestock sale on Monday. Plus, we'll preview another week of area high school football action and more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.